Someone say, this is us. Last week, now say it before you sit down, this is me. So this is me. This is me is when I fully accept myself, I accept who I am, I accept my history, good, bad, or indifferent, and I bring that to God. And I said, now you know. You know what you're dealing with, God. <laughs> there are no secrets here. You know exactly who I am. You know exactly what I'm going through. You know where I've been. So I'm just laying down my life and I'm saying, this is me. If you can do something with this, go ahead. <laughs> if, you, if you can do something with this, go ahead. Amen. You can be seated. So after we say to God, this is me, this is me, this is me, this is who I am. This is where I've come from. This is what I've done. God takes us on a journey. There is a journey that prepares us. How many of you in this room this morning, you're unmarried? You're unmarried for one reason or another. You're unmarried. So that's, that's, at, least, that's at, least a, a third of, at least a third of everyone in the room. You're, you're unmarried. So of you that are unmarried, how many of you want to be married? You're unmarried and you want to be married. Amen. Some people are like, yeah, pastor, I guess so. Uh, so in the room during family series, this is what we have to realize. In the room during family series, we have people who are married who are trying to figure out how to get single again. Oh, what? What happened? The anointing just left the room. And, 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 and during family series, there are people who are single who are trying to get married. It's always in the room. It's always at the same time. So my job this morning, however, is to minister to those primarily who are unmarried and they're dreaming and praying and desiring to be married. But secondarily, if you take some of the things that I say this morning and you're married already, you're married already, you can grab hold of these principles and you can use them for your own life. Now, let me make sure you understand. Most of the stuff I'm getting ready to say, Westerners don't want to hear it much. No, because we, we are... We are we are, uh, we get to vote, which means we get to decide how we live. We are democratic. The kingdom is not democratic. <laughs> so if I happen to say something that you don't, you wouldn't vote for, tell your neighbor, that's you and your life. Right. You can decide to do what you believe is in your heart. You can make the decision to do what you want, but you can't make a decision on the consequences. Because the kingdom will ignore the kingdom will ignore your ignorance once you make decisions. Uh, do we need more piano? <laughs> once, once, you start to make, once you start to make decisions, whether ignorant, whether ignorant or manipulative, 
you will begin to have to live in those decisions. And what I want to talk to you, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm just going to give it to you, and I pray that you understand how this whole process works. We're going to start with Jacob. Let me stop explaining it, and let me just explain it. When you're getting ready to now just not be you, but you're now making the decision and in your heart you want to be we. You want to join yourself to someone, whether it's in marriage, you're doing a contract in business, you're getting ready to give yourself in a covenant relationship someplace, you've got to become the best you you can be. Because omelets are made of several eggs. It's not just one egg. So you can have, how many of you would eat an omelet with three eggs and one of them is spoiled? No one would want to do that, right? So in the same way, if, if I'm going to be joined together with someone, I want to be at that point of marriage. I want to be the best person I can be then, realizing that God's going to keep working on me even after I get married. So there's no shame in that. If, you're, if, if you woke up and you realized you're not the husband your wife wanted, or you woke up and realized you're not the wife that the, that the husband wanted, I'm telling you, you can still work on it. You got time. It just depends on how good the two eggs are. So let's start with Jacob now. Let's go back a little bit. Genesis 28 and 1. I love the word. I hope y'all do. Take notes so it's going to be practical. Genesis 28 and 1, and I'm going to give you some, some points as I go so that when, when my time runs out, I can just stop where I'm at and I can share it later, all right? Okay, Genesis 28, 1 and 2, let's read it. Then, read it out loud. Then Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and charged him and said to him, what did he say? You shall not take a wife. Don't take a wife from the daughters of Canaan. So what did he tell him to do? Verse 2, arise, go to Pandan Aram, to the house of Bethuel, your mother's father, and... Brothers, it's going to be very difficult for me to talk for the next few minutes without talking about fatherhood. But as I talk about fatherhood, fatherhood is the foundation for the kingdom of God. Every family is built on a man. But, but if, if anyone in here may not have had a physical father in your life or your, nat or your natural father was, was, was not present or whether you had a natural father in the home that wasn't necessarily present. This is not an indictment. This is not a, wow, you're short. This is, if you don't and didn't have a father, or you had one, you got a bad time with him. I'm saying that God is your covering. So if I say father and you're like, I don't know what that is, then it's covering for you. It is, it is God the father. He's the father of all fatherless. He's the father of all fatherless. And then there are people on the earth. There are men that we can be accountable to. In my case, I was accountable to an older sister before I got married. She was my covering. She was my covering. But here's my point I want to make from what we just read. Here's what I want you to write down. Don't move until you're sent. Don't move until you're sent. 
Well, I'm 45. I'm ready to get married. Who told you that? Who told you you was ready to get married? Did your father tell you you were ready to get married? Did your mother, your cousin, foster parent, did the, did, the, did the men's group at church tell you you was ready to get married? Jacob was sent to find a wife. His father knew he was ready. He was qualified. Son, you're at the place where you can go and look for a wife. You've done some things I've told you to do. You've grown up in this house. You have obeyed me. Sweetheart, you've been always good to mom. You've loved your mother. So, sweetheart, I'm telling you, it's okay for you to open your heart and receive a husband. I didn't say it. It's time for you to get married. I'm saying that you finally know how to cook. You know how to clean the house. You know how to, you know, you've watched me love your mother. You've watched your mother love me. Now, I'm saying to you, tell your neighbor, wake up now. Even if you're married, you can go back on this one. <laughs> but you don't leave until you're sent. Divorce in America in church just overwhelmed divorce in the world five years ago. There's more divorce by Christians than there are by people who don't know God. Hmm. So don't move, don't go until an authority sends you. If an authority hasn't released you, well, what do you mean authority? I ain't got no authority in my life. You need some. You need a mentor. You need a coach. I don't care, a, a life I mean, even if it's not necessarily spiritual, you need someone, some people in your life that say, man, I think you're ready. Well, Pastor, I'm married now, and I wasn't ready. You can still get ready. <laughs> you can get ready. You can sit down with someone and listen. Can, uh, uh, yeah, I ain't going to ask you if I can say this. So, so you're older now. You, figure you, got it, you, you think you got it figured out. You think you are ready for something. You need to be in a place where people can talk to you, okay, because some of the people that are talking to you, you have not qualified them. Your only qualification, you pick them because you know they'll agree with you. You have chosen to talk to someone about this person you like, and you've chosen them because you believe they're going to agree with you. But that's not a qualification, them agreeing with you. The qualification is what do they have? What is their marriage like? How much have they built with their spouse? Don't take advice from people their marriage is falling apart. They're going to be skewed. You want to get advice from someone who is qualified to give you advice. Would you allow me to do brain surgery on you? Why not? It's laughable. It's laughable. And your marriage is more important than someone doing brain surgery on you. Your marriage will determine how far you go. Your marriage will become a limitation to you or a release for you. 
Your marriage will either uh, loose you to bigger things or bind you to small things. You will not, because you're going to be yoked with this person. You're going to be yoked with them for the rest of your life or until you're going to be yoked with them. So how far are you going to be able to go? And when you're excited and or in love, you can't think. This brain's not working no more. The other brain is taking over. So you got to be with some people who will say to you, hmm. So some people say, is this the right person? That ain't my job. No, no, no. You're not going to get me to choose your husband or your wife. This ain't that kind of church. No matter what people say about control or religion, I ain't trying to do that. It's your decision. You're a man. Choose for yourself. You are a woman. Choose for yourself. It's your choice. I'm saying stay in the process till you know. And as soon as you're, I, I know I'm in one. If I stay on one for the next 20 minutes, we'll just go home. If you're over in the corner by yourself talking about we making decisions yourself, y'all don't even know nothing. Y'all ain't been married. Y'all ain't got no house. Y'all ain't got no bills. Y'all ain't been through nothing. You don't know nothing about what you're getting ready to enter. I know when my son is ready. How do I know? Because I lived with this woman for 30 years. I will know when my daughter is ready. That's my job as her father. And if there's anything that stands between me and my children spiritually where I have failed them, and I have. Okay, can we talk? I have failed them. There's some things I missed. Some stuff I, oh, I didn't even know that was going on. I didn't see that happening. I should have stepped in when I saw it. I missed it. But I'll be John Brown is after I missed it if I just stay here like I missed it. I'm father. I'm circling back to you. If I forgot to whip you at two, I'm going to whip you at 22. Your son sitting next to you, he said, Mom, don't try that. Don't try that one, Mom. No, Mama should be able to tell you at 25, Boy, stand still while I whip you. I know, I know, I know when the boy is ready to pay bills. Because I look at his savings account twice a month. Well, he old. He need to be running his own house. He ain't old. He is my son, and I want to make sure my children grow up with him and they mama. I ain't playing. Some of y'all is playing. I ain't playing. I ain't trying to do divorce for my children. I ain't trying to do all that. Can I get three people in here agree with that? I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm not saying it ain't going to happen. Ray and his wife didn't spend, didn't, didn't, didn't spend uh, every day at home while the children were young, homeschooling and going to every ball game and going to every recital just to get them married. And now three years later, oh, we through. We've invested too Well, you saying it's not going to happen? I don't know it's not going to happen, but I'll tell you right now. I'm going to be present and involved. And I'm going to stay with her. Because my children need more than me. And they need us in the same house. 
They need us in the same bed. They need us when they walk by sometimes the door is locked. And they know what's going on behind the door. Don't come in here right now. If you hear music and it's not worship music, something else holy is going on up in the room. What? You can't play no worship, you almighty God, when you're trying to get something going on. You play Teddy Pendergraft. Turn them off. I mean, we're not playing right here. We're trying to keep this thing together. And the older you get, the older you get, my brother, the older you get, you're going to have to do some things so that when you get, okay, marriage is in a couple weeks. We're going to come there. But let me just throw this in there. Brother, you don't be working out so you can be on Instagram. That ain't why you're working out. You're working out so not in the gym, but when you get home and that woman needs you, you can show up without a pill. Y'all praying for me? Y'all don't want me to say this on Facebook, but I'm telling you, sex will keep your marriage alive. That girl mad all the time because you don't, okay, look, look. Because she is frustrated with you. She be saying, don't. Stop. What she is really saying is, don't stop. Keep chasing me. Keep coming after me. I'm tired. I got a headache. She ain't got no headache. She trying to figure out how bad you want it. The single people say, I thought you were going to teach us. Number one. <laughs> you, you, you do go. You do, you, you do, girl. You do, fella. You do. You do. You're single. You want someone that's sexually attracted to you. You want them to be sexually attracted now. If, if they don't have to fight not to try to be close to you physically, you might have a dud on your hands. If she, if she ain't saying, and you dating, you courting, and she ain't saying, I, I can't come out with you tonight. I got to stay home. I'm going to hang out with my girlfriends, my accountability group, because tonight I'm feeling some kind of way about this whole thing. If she ain't doing that now, get ready for crickets when you get married. Next verse. <laughs> if that brother can, okay, you courting him, and he can go months. He can go months without having to carry the napkin with him outside the restaurant. Okay, y'all don't, okay, don't want to talk. And y'all acting like you're Christian now. You, you acting like this stuff don't happen. You don't want nobody to talk about it. 
if he ain't ever struggling with wanting to get close to you? Where you going, Elder Butler? Where you, sit, where you going? Oh, you got a phone call? You old, you old guys in our church, you ain't got no excuse. I'm going to be your example. You need to be out of tension anytime the army calls. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Come on, brother. Stand on your feet. If you're married. Look at Dan. You're on the camera, Dan. Yes, ma'am. What? What? You need the car washed? You want dinner? We getting set up for tonight? Whatever. I'll salute with the left hand, right hand, and both feet. What we doing? Genesis 28, 20. <laughs> Who's qualified to talk to you? You listen to the wrong people, then when things happen in your marriage, you got to go back to those people you were involved with. The people who gave you advice, the people who married you, you got to go back to them when things get bad. Do they qualify to help you when your marriage gets in trouble? Because the spirit of the person that marries you is now on your marriage. That's what you get when you're standing up here. You get that person. You down at the justice of the peace. Got your license. Now you's married. In the kingdom, this don't happen. That person marrying you, who are they? What do they believe? Are they married? Are they married to a man or a woman? Because when you get these words, I now pronounce you. I now pronounce you man and woman. When I say I now pronounce you, you're getting my philosophy. You're getting my spirit, and you're getting how I look at life. I now pronounce you man and woman. I do it. People, Pastor, can I go back? Mm. Perhaps. Somebody say, let's just do it right. So, so Genesis 28, I'm moving on for real. The, the 20, 20th verse. So first thing is, don't move till you're sent. Let somebody send you. You're ready now, son. Because you, you don't want your children messing up someone else's life. You know he's not ready. You've got to look him in the face and tell him, son, you're not ready. Well, dad, you know, no, I'm telling you, you're not ready. Sweetheart, your daughter, sweetheart, I know your heart's ready, but your life's not ready. 
and we want your life ready. Do these things. Do these things for a few months so we can see that you're ready. Straighten out. You don't wait. You, I, can't, I can't wait for my son-in-law to straighten out what I should have taken care of in my daughter. Okay, y'all know, you know you married to a mess and you wish their parents had straightened that out. Oh, y'all don't want to talk to me. You wish, boy, when I saw you, my wife said to me, so I won't talk about y'all, I'll talk about me. She said, you grew up in the church. Your parents may not have been alive, but you were in church all the time. I thought this was one of the things you would have learned. She wasn't being mean. She, she, she thought that I had some skills I didn't have. So I had to find some elders in the church, and I had to ask them, I, because I need this skill. I never saw mom and dad deal with that. They were gone. How do I deal with this? And they taught me how to deal with it. So I went home and tried it. She said, that's not, where did you learn that from? I said, elder so-and-so. All them preachers sitting up in y'all churches, some of them freaky. When I say some of them freaky, let me back up. Some of them are in love with their wives. And they're engaged in the relationship. And you can learn a lot from them. So I learned. I'm still learning. Is this boring? Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and keep me in this way, I'm going. So now your father sends you, your authority sends you to say, you're ready. Let's see what courting does in your life. You like her? Do you like her? Do you love this girl? Do you love this boy? Boy, you, you want to talk to my daughter? You want, you want to talk to my daughter? <clears throat> have you been talking to her yet? What you mean, Martin? No, have you reached out to my daughter yet? Cough or something, y'all. Have you talked to my daughter yet? Have you been spending time with her and neither one of y'all told me? Well, 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 yes. Where y'all been? Sir, maybe you should ask your daughter. I'm asking you, where y'all been? What have y'all been doing? Without me knowing, you have slipped in the back door of my house. We shoot people that sneak in the back door. Girl, protect your father. Protect your father by not letting boys come in the back door. Because if he's made of anything, he will be upset that he didn't know. Who is this boy in your life? Well, you know, we, on Instagram, we've been, on what? I thought it was social media. I didn't know it was personal media. Well, they all have personal media. In. Well, where y'all been? What y'all been doing? You've disrespected me as her father if you have not approached me. Because once you approach me, I'm going to talk to your father. And I'm going to ask, is this boy ready? Because this girl right here is the million-dollar girl. 
Oh, you, no, not my daughter. Your daughter is the million-dollar girl. By the time you give her over to a man, you will have over $350,000 invested in them in money. An emotional currency over a million. So now you're going to hand over that, hand over all that to some guy that wants to chase butterflies. But he loves her. That's why Jacob said, Keep me. Keep me in this way that I'm going. If my father has sent me to get a wife, Lord Jesus, help me. <laughs> my heart's open for a husband. Lord Jesus, help me. I'm praying and saying, be with me as I go. Write it down. Be with me as I go. Give me bread to eat. Give me clothing. Bring me back to this place. So you want to ask God to keep you as you're on your journey. Keep me. Once you get married, it's the same prayer. Keep me on my journey. We're married now. Keep us on our journey. Say it. Keep me on my journey. Because once you start, okay, you've never, no, you've never noticed. You, you have noticed people of the opposite sex before. But your view of them changes once you start to get ready for marriage. When you're looking at people before you get married and you're not ready to get married, it's typically surface. It is how they look physically. It's how their personality touches you. It's how you see them getting along with others. You're like, oh, she's so cute. Or I would just love to have sex with him. When you start thinking about marriage, though, you be thinking like this, what happens after sex? I mean, what are we going to be doing? <laughs> Where are we going to be living? How is she going to do with children? Does she want children? Does he, want, does he want children? How are they going to put up with the children I already have? Are they going to make me, once, I, once I'm married to them, are they going to make me give up the children that I'm supposed to take care of? Because some people will want you to ball up and throw away your old life. Instead of helping you to deal with the history that you bring. really is quiet in here. Are, are y'all mad? Are y'all listening? Then unfold your arms, please. It's sending me a signal. Put your arms by your side, because I'm, I'm like, what's going on? So tell your neighbor, ask God to help you. I'm going to give you one more, and I'm going home. Genesis 29 and 1. I'll finish it later. 
Genesis 29 and 1. Read it out loud. This is so important. Read it. So Jacob. Stop. You know what's in there? What did his father tell him to do? Go to the people of the east. This is where you get your wife from, son. I said a couple Sundays ago, it's not a matter of skin color. It's a matter of soul color. It's not a matter of whether they were born in China or Zimbabwe. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about heart. We're talking about mindset. Because I'm going to show you next Sunday or whenever it is, I'm going to show you how to literally become one. And if you are unequally yoked, it's not a matter of you being saved or not. You're saved. It's not a matter of being spirit-filled. You're both spirit-filled. But one of you have a $100,000 paradigm. The other one has a million-dollar paradigm. You're going to be fighting those unequal yokes your entire marriage. Well, honey, we got enough. We got enough. We both got two jobs. God taking care of us. We got enough. Why are you always thinking about more? And the other person says, because, honey, we got two jobs, but we got $1,000 in the savings. We have no money for college. So you're going to be fighting because you're unequal in your yoke. One of you want to go to school and prepare for something. The other one has no value for school. I'm not saying either one is right, but if you got a value for school and college, you got to marry somebody with that value. If they don't have that value, there's going to be trouble. Hmm? I said to her, and she interrupted me. She wanted me to know before we got married. I don't know what you're talking about. But I said to her, I said, I'm, I said, I'm a church boy. When I get married, I want to go to church. I don't want to be sitting at home. Children are going to be at church. I didn't want to be a pastor, though, then. <laughs> Still don't sometimes. But I said, I'm a church boy. I go to church, and I help my pastor. I'm going to find a pastor every city we live in, and I'm going to serve him. I'm going to be faithful to the house of God. I'm going to be faithful to the point, because that's the only thing that caused me to survive. I'm going to be faithful to the point that people might think it's too much. She said, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to be more faithful than you. You don't know nothing about church. I'm going to teach you how to do church. I said, okay, baby, let's go. Same value. Never had to argue about it in 30 years. Never had to have a discussion. Well, I don't feel like going. What? What you talking about you don't feel? What you talking about you don't feel like going? We don't go to church. We've never had to have this argument. But I listen to y'all on y'all's way to church. I listens. I listens when you're trying to get up in the morning. I listen when you're talking to your kids. Well, you know, <clears throat> we should get up and go to church. I just don't feel like they own Facebook. We can watch live. Someone says we don't have to go every Sunday, do we? Well, I guess not. We'll just stay home today. 
I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm saying if it's not a value to you, marry someone that's not a value to them. Everybody's good. The last thing I want y'all doing is fussing whether you come to church. Because when y'all get here, you sour. One of you want to be here, the other one don't want to be here. Now y'all mad at one another, sitting next to one another, mad during service, won't lift your hands, won't do nothing. It's like, why don't y'all just go home? <laughs> get some counseling, work that out. <laughs> That's too much. Well, in my family, in my family, in my family, in my family, my mother cooked. But pastor, I'm okay with, I'm okay with her. She doesn't like to cook. Bruh. I'm telling you, you have to court long enough to be sure of that. Because you wake up one day. Because her mother told her in front of me at the wedding. She said, y'all married now? And she told Linnell, that's how she pronounced it, Linnell. She said, Linnell, don't start nothing you're not able to finish. You're going to wake up one day and you want some, you want some, you, you want some, you want some over medium eggs with lightly toasted toast some grits that aren't gritty some butter and a slice of cured ham and you just desire it and you tell her and she says let's go to Cracker Barrel ain't no problem I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. They got all that at Cracker Barrel. <laughs> While you were looking forward to eating it in your house with your robe on, on a platter, on a little nice little wicker, what you put your plate on, a little the tray and it's on your lap and you're just eating there with your coffee and you're just doing it. That's what you saw. You didn't see getting up. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with it. It's just not what you saw. And you got to describe that. Do you know how many nights she can go to bed? She can go to bed because you don't know how to fix the doorknob. That's it. Her daddy fixed the doorknob. He fixed the toilet. He changed the oil in the car. <laughs> or she didn't have a father. And she said, God, give me a husband. That in the snow, my car tank is full. That the night before I have to go to work, he going to go and fill up my tank. I am not going to have to wake up an extra 30 minutes on Monday. 
go to the gas station with the wind whipping and put gas in my car. I want a husband like that. And so you wake up Monday morning, you drove to church in the car, he know it ain't got no gas in it. And he go to bed. And now you wake up on Monday morning, and what she thinking, you're like, hey, baby, you, she's like, whatever. And now she has the attitude, because in her mind, there's no gas. When there's anyone my son has been interested in, I never ask him about the girl if he sees her. I ask him, how did you treat her father? Does her father know where she is? Well, Dad, I tried to tell him he didn't care. I'm not talking to him. I'm talking to you. Did you tell her father where you were taking her? She's grown. I ain't ask if she's grown. Does her father know what restaurant you're going to? Does her father have your number? You want me to give? Yes! You got the most precious thing this man has ever had. When you walk in his house, what's the first thing you do? I go find him and I say, hello, sir, how are you doing tonight? Yeah, we don't ever do it left-handed. And we look at him in the face. I know I came to pick her up, but I want to make sure you know I came to pick her up and where we're going. By the way, sir, where's your wife? Is she here? Well, yes, yeah, she's, she's in there doing something. I'm not leaving the house until I get to speak to her. Hello, ma'am, sir, I appreciate you allowing us to go get pizza tonight. I will have her home by this time. He ain't ready if he can't do that. I'm a man. I'm a man. No, you ain't a man. You ain't a man till you got your own bills, your own wife, your own kids. Until then, you got to listen. Say what you want about China. Say what you want about India. Say what you want about a lot of these countries. Their divorce rate is under 10%. While the divorce rate in America at the Christian church is 55%. Their divorce rate is low. Well, there ain't no love in it. Well, we got love, we fall in, then we fall out. Children caught in the middle. They don't get divorced because they do it the way Isaac and Abraham did it. Y'all don't want to hear this, but I'll end with this. What I say? Follow directions as they were given. If dad, mom, accountability group, mentors tell you to go to the east, go to the east. Well, I feel like going west. This is going to be an issue. Y'all ready to go? Let you go. Go to the east. So that when you get to the place, okay, because... I know what it takes, at least some of it, on how to put a wife in the position so she can be happy. Maybe I should clear that up. 
Please write this down. I want to give her what she needs so that she can be happy. My job's not to make her happy. I want to give her what she needs that if she decides to be happy, <laughs> she has the stuff to be happy. Don't worry about the bills. Don't worry about any of that. There's going to be peace in the house. As best as I can serve you, I'm going to serve you. If you want to be happy, you can be happy. If you choose to be unhappy, that's you. That ain't me. So if you decide to be unhappy in the marriage, it doesn't mean I have to be. You go ahead and be unhappy. I'm good. <laughs> if I can help you be happy, I'll help you be happy. But we can't be happy if neither one of us will follow the directions that we're given. Neither one of us can be happy if we don't follow the directions that we were given. My mentor told me one time, he asked me, he said, when was the last time you and Linnell made love? I said, that's our business. He was my pastor. You know, Dr. Monroe didn't play. He just, when was the last time? I said, Dad, I mean, I mean, you know, I'm a man. He said, I'm your father. Tell me. So he told me, he said, lovemaking in your marriage is not about being horny. Can we say that on Facebook? <laughs> He said, it's not about wanting to have sex. It's about desiring to be close to your wife. He said, it's about a desire for unity. It's about a desire to be one. Sex can be over in three minutes or it can last three hours or 30 hours. He was like, 30? It can start with the gas in the tank. It can start with flowers, embarrassingly beautiful, fresh flowers at work. You want them to show up, give the guy a tip. I'm going to give you an extra tip because I want you to show up at 9.15. Why 9.15? Because you know at 9.15, where your wife work, everybody going to be around the water cooler out in public. At 9.15, that's when they're sharing the junk. They're out there sharing the junk. That dude walk in there with them flowers. Big old flowers. You can't even see his head behind them. Everybody like, whoa, who got flowers? Linnell got flowers. Linnell be like, those are mine? Really? I'll take them. She don't take them to her office. She puts them out in public on the counter where everybody can see them. She don't take the card with her. She leaves it right there, at least the envelope, to Linnell. And it does matter where you get your flowers. Get them from a place your wife loves to get flowers from. And when you come home, you'll know, Doc, you don't know nothing about this. I'm going to help you right now. When you come home, 
and you smell your favorite meal cooking, you know. <laughs> I'm in there now, Doc. This thing's getting ready to happen. The meal is ready. Everything is put together. It's glorious. And then you thank God for the unity. And then your father gets that late night text. Dad, I just want to thank you for everything you invested in me. Mom, I really appreciate you disciplining me. Pastor, I really thank you for making me be sure. I hated it at the time. But I thank you. I thank you. I, I experimented with the Hendersons. They're still together, though. It's an experiment. <laughs> First marriage right there, Leron and Heather. And I said to them, I've never done this before. I've seen it, but I've never done it before. So Leron said, well, you know, just marry us. Heather's sitting over in the corner with a little cap on, legs bone. I said, sugar, you ready to get married? She said, yes. I'm, I'm like, what are we doing? So I had to fast and pray for seven days before that wedding because I'd never done it. We had to talk about it. Where are you from? Who's your family? What about your father? Are your mom and dad still married? Your mom and dad still married? What about your uncles? What about your aunts? No, they're not married. Guys, we got to deal with this right now. What caused the divorces? Go back. Go meet with some people. Go ask them what happened. Well, we can't find out what happened. Then it means it was a little bit of nothing, which means the marriages in your family were not made of substance. How much substance are you willing to build before you get married? How much fight do you want? How much muscle do you want to have before you go into a relationship? So that when things do hit the wall, you're equipped for it. And you want to be sure they are equipped for it. Because tell your neighbor, people will quit. They'll just ball up the towel, throw it in the ring. And wave at you. Sometimes don't even wave. <laughs> Amen. Here's why I believe the anointing is so fresh here today. Number one, if you're not married yet, the Holy Spirit wants you to know he knows, cares, and understands. He knows. He knows your desire. He cares. He understands. So don't hide anything from him. Tell him the truth. Don't lie. If you're around your friends and they say, you know you want to be married, don't say, I don't. I don't want to be married. I don't want to be married. No, I don't want to be married. Don't do that because you're telling God and the universe you don't want to be married. The God and the universe, they don't know what a joke is. They don't know facetiousness. The Holy Spirit does not know sarcasm. If you tell the Holy Spirit by talking to a friend, we're just saving up for a rainy day. The Holy Spirit thinks you're praying for a rainy day so you can spend your savings. Your words matter. So don't ever say, 
you don't want to be, I don't want to be married. If your heart says, I do, then if people say, you know you want to be married, just simply say, that's none of your business. If you don't want them to know, just tell them it's none of your business. But whatever you do, don't say, I don't want to be married. Don't do that. And number two, don't ever be desperate to be married. Let God work that out. But if you are married, and I said something today, and you're saying, wow, it would have been nice, because there's some stuff I said today, it would have been nice to have a father to go to. Would have been very nice. It would have been nice if when I told my pastor that my pastor would have said, y'all can't get married this week, I need you to sit down for a while. It would have been nice. I didn't have that. It would have been nice if Linnell's father had wanted to talk to me more. I'm on a long-distance call from Korea. This phone call was about $300, and I asked him question after question. Question after question. Is there anything you require of me before I marry your daughter? Is there anything about me you want to know? Are there any people in Mississippi that you want me to get to your house to represent me? No, 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 no. I was frustrated at the end of an hour. And he said these words to me. Martin, I knew your daddy. I knew your mama. I know your sisters. I know what you were taught in church. I know how you were taught to behave. He said, I'm trusting God that God has sent you to my daughter. I know you more than you think I know you. And I apologize to him for being so upset. He was sharp. He's smart. He tells me every time when I talk to him, Linnell will call him, and he'll say, hey, baby, how you doing? Where Martin at? <laughs> well, Dad, he's not here. I called to talk to you. I know, baby, but, but you, you just make sure you tell Martin hello. Because I'm going to teach you. A good man of God will not only take care of you, girl, but he'll set himself up to take care of where you come from. He'll bless your mother. He'll bless your father. He'll bless your heritage. He'll bless your history. He will say, not just you, sweetheart, and our children, but your mom and dad, everything that concerns them, I'm a man with enough weight to carry. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's message. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. If you are interested in not missing any other videos that we upload, make sure to click the subscribe button down below. Also, if this message has impacted you in such a way, you can also click the link down below to donate and to give to our ministries here at Ambassadors Worship Center. Anyway, thank you so much and we'll see you next week.